0: Business process mapping versus records process mapping. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and for today's episode, I'm going to go it alone and talk about records process maps versus business process maps. Maura is deep in the mix at a client site, taking on all the information governance challenges she can handle at the moment. But not to worry, I'll make sure she's back for our next episode. Okay, so what is the difference between business process mapping and records process mapping, and why should you care? Let's start with a definition. Business process mapping, sometimes called BPM, is the virtual display of the steps of a particular business process, showing how it's done from start to finish. You might map out a current as-is, sound familiar? Business process map as a first step in a business process engineering, re-engineering, or even some kind of streamlining or Six Sigma effort. At the heart of the business process mapping are the steps you follow to get business done. So. A records process map, which we call an RPM, is also a visual presentation of parts of a business process. We map out the same steps that most business process maps capture, showing how the process is done from start to finish. But, and here's the important part, we also call out the steps or substeps in the process where business records are created or captured, and we document all the places that the actors in the business process save or store or share those records. Key difference there. Why is it important to show the records capture points and the records repositories along with visually displaying a particular process? Let's take a step back and remember how we define a record. A record is any set of data, a document recording a row in a database, for example, that is recorded or may be recorded, and that provides evidence of an action, transaction or decision made by the organization. So, your business processes are aimed at getting your business done. The records that are created or used to complete those processes are the evidence you need to prove the process happened. For instance, a report that you must provide to a regulatory agency, a bill you send to a customer so you can get paid, a canceled check proving that you paid a particular bill, etc. Records may be created by your business or received, captured, from outside your organization, and then used as part of completing and documenting your business transactions, decisions, or processes. So we wanna catch both the records creation and capture points when we build our records process maps. Sound good? Okay, let's keep going. For many years, the completion of business processes resulted in paper records. Remember those? Yeah, those paper records were pretty easy to see pretty easy to capture, and fairly easy to manage. As information governance professionals, you knew where to look when you were ready to apply retention or you needed to produce a record for some reason, like an audit or doing taxes at the end of the year. The same principles apply in the world of electronic records, but the answers are much different and definitely harder. You might have noticed, this a side note, you might have noticed that this is a theme running through the What Counts podcast. Records are not new, but the way your users create, manage, and use them have changed. So, now you, the IG professional, must figure out where your business is keeping all those records that are the inputs and outputs of the business processes that keep your business running. Before you can effectively secure your records or apply retention or even find a record that is a few years old, you need to know how records are stored. In what systems, in what file shares, in email, and how copies of the same record are scattered across your organization. Records process mapping can help you get a clear view of how information is flowing around your organization. I know you've heard us talking about the organization where we created a records process map for the recruiting process within the HR department. We talk about it a lot because it's a great example of how records process map will uncover the number of separate locations where a record is stored. After talking to five or six people involved in recruiting, including the hiring manager and HR administrative system who placed the ads and filtered through resumes, through the recruiting coordinator who managed the schedule, we found that individuals at files were copying, sending, and saving the same resumes over and over and over again. By the time we mapped it all out, I think we identified five different repositories containing copies of the resumes. They told us they saved them just in case, or I was supposed to. When the the HR team and the general counsel and the employment attorney saw the records process map visibly display the same resume being stored in five different places, they immediately revised their process to streamline operations. We did this project a few years ago before today's increased concern on holding on to PII, personally identifiable information. I imagine the HR lead and those attorneys would be even more motivated now to get a handle on those multiplying resumes. Understanding where your records are kept is half the battle for applying retention to those records effectively. Understanding how and why they end up where they do is also valuable for making smart decisions on how to update processes or where new technology might be really helpful. Another aspect of the RPM helps you and your users distinguish between the record and all the other copies, versions, drafts, and other non-record information that accumulates at a furious rate in today's companies. So, when does the document you or others are working on become an official record? There is a point in every process where you can point to and say, that's the final record. Often these record capture or creation points coincide with decisions, approvals, or other actions that the business process is designed to facilitate. Once you have identified the record creation or capture point, then you can identify the right repository or system where the record should live. And whether any part of it needs to be shared to other systems or repositories to support other business processes. The RPM tells you a lot more than a typical business process map. Typically, business process maps can be displayed in a basic flow chart fashion, a value stream map, if you're into Lean Six Sigma, data flow diagrams, which, don't get me wrong, are very important, but that's for another episode, swim lanes, separating the actions of different users or groups, or a SIPOC table, which stands for supplier inputs, process outputs, and customers. Any of these formats will work for an RPM, but we like swim lanes, where each of the steps are divided between different teams or individuals who are responsible for them, because we can add a lane at the bottom showing where the records land, where they're stored or saved at each record creation or capture point. That's the key piece in an RPM. Let's talk through an example. Um, Your organization might use an intranet form to capture Family Medical Leave Act request or vacation or a sick day request. In a lot of cases, the user downloads and saves a copy of the form, fills it out, attaches it to an email, and sends it to HR. Then HR reviews the form, sends the form through an approval chain via another email, and then receives a response. Tip, kind of typical, right? The supervisor probably saves a copy, too, and then sends back an email with the approval, which may or may not contain the same form as an attachment. An RPM would help you document how many copies of the form are saved and where. Looking at that result and consulting your records retention schedule, you could determine which of those copies should be saved, which actor in that chain is responsible for keeping the records, likely the HR representative, and where they should store it. Then you can instruct everyone else to dispose of their non-record or convenience copy. On the other hand, in an organization with an HR information system or automated integrated service desk solution or time labor accounting system, the employee could access and complete an online request form, which would capture the pertinent data in the HRIS and route the request for review and approval within the system, right? The request, the approval, and the use of the vacation or leave hours would all be stored in the official record system where the appropriate security and retention disposition rules can be applied. The RPM of this process would be much simpler than our first example. I'm sure you heard us talk about how more and I do records assessment interviews. If not, check out one of our earliest episodes on the interview questionnaire and the questionnaire is also available if you request it. But I'm getting off topic. When we do records assessment interviews, or whenever we get a chance to talk to employees at the companies we work with, we always start by asking people to tell us about their jobs. We wanna hear from them how they see themselves as part of the larger organization. What information do they need to do their job and what do they do with that information? It's much easier to answer those questions than for people to, say, to tell us about their records. Capturing the records process as part of talking about the business process, while the interviewee describes their part in the process, often uncovers opportunities to be more efficient in the future, and nearly as often, uncovers a risk related to how how information is being stored or shared that can be addressed later on. Remember the resume example. None of the people interviewed in the HR department knew that the same resume was stored in five different places until they saw the results in the records process map. They were shocked. Okay, so how do you do a records process map and what are some of the challenges you might encounter? The first thing an organization should do is hire an experienced consultant to perform the records process map for your organization. (laughs) Sorry, shameless little plug there. Moore's not here to laugh at me, but I'm joking. Seriously, the first step is to identify the process to be mapped. Do you want to start with back office functions like HR, accounting, or procurement, or tackle some front office functions? In some organizations, these might be called mission critical or business facing functions. The ones that directly interact with your customers, partners, or other outside, outside organizations. Whatever it is, when it comes to a records process map, it doesn't matter what function of the organization or process you start on. But Remember that you're focusing in on the records and obtaining more control over these records. That might make your decision on where to start a little easier. Pick the function in your organization that you know has the most difficulty applying retention to their records. Capturing what is a record or just simply organizing the records or the one that handles the highest value or most sensitive risky records. That's an important one too. You can work that out during the prioritization of the functions on which one to start on. The next step is socializing with leadership, your plans to performing a records process map across your organization. Getting their blessing, discussing and prioritizing the functions and processes that you would like to assess and putting the ask out there that you would like them, leadership that is, To introduce what's going to happen is key. Ask leadership who should be involved in this exercise and maybe even help you set up the first meeting. You know your organization, and if you've been listening to what counts for a while, you probably have your small steering committee or group of champions that you consult before any new initiatives. After you get leadership's blessing, assuming you came up with all the correct pain points, I'll help you out with that shortly. To convince leadership that this is a vital exercise, It's time to prepare yourself with questions you wanna ask. Your own version of the aforementioned interview guide and compile your list of people to interview. It's very common that your initial list of people to interview will grow after you start talking to people. Usually people have a lot to share on how they perform particular activity and then mention two or three other people that can help describe this process further. Schedule the interviews, that's next, and conduct the interviews. I'm not going to go into these too much. Scheduling time with busy people is an art unto itself. But a little hint here when conducting interviews, we try to have two people taking on the role of the interviewer one person to stay present, right, and conduct the conversation with the interviewee, and one person who knows how to take notes and knows how to listen in between the lines for the records or record categories that are discussed and how they flow from point A to point B, including where these are kept and which repositories they're in. After, or if you feel up to it during the meeting, create a baseline swim lane of what you heard during the interview. Take that first draft and use it in your subsequent interviews on the same process, of course, to help guide the conversation. It's often easier for people to think of the steps they missed or the nuances about how records are shared or stored when they look at a draft process map. They're easy to point out corrections, right? A lot of people like that. Finally, go back to a few key stakeholders and validate your RPM. Validate the record capture points you identified and validate the system and repositories interviewees mentioned. All right, I kind of glossed over this, uh, how you get buy-in from leadership to do the RPM project. Now we've talked about all the steps. You have an idea of how big this is and how big it's going to be for your organization, and how much convincing your leadership will need. Let's talk about the benefits, always an important part of a business case. Besides being able to fully understand and visibly see where your organization's records are stored and how they flow across your organization, there's the ability to know when a record becomes a record and not some draft or unapproved version, and apply security and retention to that record when it gets to its final repository. That's huge. That's huge help when it comes to risk management and regulatory retention compliance. Those benefits should be enough to convince leadership that doing records process maps for your organization is a worthwhile endeavor. But if necessary, you can point to the likelihood of creating more efficient processes, and you can point to the reduction of duplicate information stored across your organization, which represents both cost and risk by itself. Most times, the best benefit of all is when you're all done and you're able to visibly show the big picture of how your organization plugs along using siloed mentality and that if we only did this, the handoff of information would become much smoother and much more efficient. That's a wrap. That's a lot. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com, or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening, and please tune in to our next episode. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion and share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake, who created our music.